Thank you for joining us today. The Word of God provides everything we need throughout our earthly existence. There is absolutely nothing that has, is, or will occur in our lives that is not covered by the blood of Jesus. Our sovereign God loves us so much that He created us in His own image and sacrificed His only begotten sinless Son to cover all of our sins. When we surrender our all to Him, we begin to experience the greatest love of all and become recipients of eternal life. Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us today. The Holy Spirit speaks. Acts chapter 8 verse 29 says, The Spirit told Philip, go to the chariot and stay near it. That is the Holy Spirit giving concise instruction, clear instructions. Go to that chariot. The Spirit told Philip. You see? Told Philip, go to the chariot and stay near. In Acts 10, 19, it says, while Peter was still thinking about the vision, the Spirit said to him, how the Spirit talked, the Spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you. Before they came, he said, Simon, three men are looking for you. In Acts 13, 2, the scripture says, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set Apart for me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work to which I have called them. The Holy Spirit talks, and you ought to want to hear the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Number six, what is the work of the Holy Spirit in the lives of believers? The Holy Spirit comforts us. Sometimes you come into God's church downtrodden. Sometimes you come in discouraged or depressed. Sometimes you're grieving. We're grieving the death of loved ones. The Holy Spirit comes alongside us and comfort us. You know what he does? He teaches us. The Holy Spirit is a teacher. He will teach you. He will, he will give you spiritual insight. The Holy Spirit will let you in on certain things. Other folks say, I don't understand. You say, I understand. Why? Because you have revelation from God. He comforts. He teaches and brings all things to your remembrance He'll remind you of things you need to say to a particular person. Could be a parent, a child, a grandchild, a co-worker, or whomever in your business or whatever. The Holy Spirit will remind you of certain things to help you in your business, to help you with your children, to help you in life's journey, to help you not do a good thing the wrong way. John 14, 26 says, but the advocate Uh, The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have told you. Sometimes you worry about what you're going to say, what I'm going to say. You're intimidated by certain people. And a lot of times you just need to wait on the Lord and trust him to speak. And the Holy Ghost will speak and tell you what to say right before that judge or right in the midst of a staff meeting or right in the midst of your family. The spirit will give you revelation and say, here's what God has just told me. And number seven, the Holy Spirit emboldens. He emboldens. Acts chapter one, verse eight, the Holy Spirit emboldens. Acts one, he says, but you shall receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. He empowers us. The word power there. Dunamis. We're filled with power from on high. 
power from God to what? We don't get this power to stay in a closet. We don't get this power to sit and do nothing. God doesn't power us to be lazy and slow of heart. We are empowered by the Holy Spirit to move at his beckoning call to do his bidding to the glory of Almighty God. Beloved, God does not empower us to retreat and stay in the closet. God does not empower us to be afraid and to keep our mouth shut when everyone else is speaking their opinions, when everybody else is speaking their feelings, and when everybody else is speaking their viewpoints. In light of the injustice against George Floyd a few days ago, which has the whole world and whole nation outraged, resulting in protests, riots, destructions of property, and defiance of authority, Pastors, preachers, Christians must stand up. We must speak up and be a voice of truth in the midst of this upheaval and turmoil. Right now, we don't need a political speech. We don't need a social speech. We need the gospel truth permeating this world to the glory of Almighty God. Why don't you say amen? That's what we need. We need, where are the voices today? I'm hearing, I'm hearing devilish voices. I'm hearing satanic voices. I'm hearing loud voices. But where is the voice of God speaking to people? With that being said, what does God expect us to do uh, as Christian in the midst of this crisis dealing with uh, the wrongful death of this dear man? What does God expect us as Christians to do? God has me here to give you a right perspective on things and not bark up the wrong tree. Sometimes you can be passionately wrong about something uh, to do a good thing the wrong way. So let me let me give you something that you can pass on to those who are talking. They'll be talking about this a while and you need to be able to speak truth in the midst of confusion. What does God what does God require? What does he expect of us to do? What does he expect us to do as Christians? Number one, God expects us to give people divine guidance through the word of God. That's right. God wants us to use the word and give divine guidance. People in the midst of all this anger and hurt and pain and disruption, people are in need of hearing the word of God. First Peter 3 Chapter 3, verse 15 says, but sanctify, means set yourself apart. Sanctify the Lord. Sanctify the Lord God in your heart. And always, look, and always be ready to give a defense, an answer to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. God's word has an answer. And he says, be ready to give the answer and stop talking like everybody else. You have to talk righteously. You have to talk kingdom. You have to, you have to talk with substance and depth, uh, spiritual depth to the glory of Almighty God. God expects his people to give divine guidance through the word of God when people are in an uproar, people are mad, when people are out of control and have lost their minds because of their madness. Secondly, what does God require of us as Christian in this tragedy? Uh, what is unfolding before our eyes is what happens when we take Christ out of society. What is unfolding right before our eyes is what happens when we take Christ out of our society. 
This is what happens when you take Christ out of the culture, when you take Christ out of the schools, when you take Christ out of the government. It leaves us doing that which is right in our own eyes. This person does what is right in his eye, and the next person does right what is right in their eye. Everybody's doing what is right, and it's just confusion. Proverbs 14, 12 says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but his end is the way of death. Proverbs 14, 12 says, There is a way that seems right to a, to a man, but its end is the way of destruction. Some people think it's right to, to torch police cars and burn up buildings. And you notice they're burning, them up and burning up stuff in their own neighborhoods. And when all is said and done, done well, where will the Walgreens be in their neighborhood? Where's the target? What, what are they going to do when everything settles down? They're going to look up and everything is an ass pile. You think they're going to turn around and build it tomorrow? It, it, it'll be a while. We, we have to keep the main thing the main thing and deal with the issues of life without losing control of ourselves. I mean, God wants us to be the finest of representatives on earth. We are ambassadors. We're not to be like the world. I, I, I saw downtown San Antonio you know, in, in the march. People had little children and babies and little teenagers down there. I would not have my child on my neck walking down there. It could be a straight bullet, a rock, anything. And then those same people won't even bring their children to the Lord's house and teach them about Jesus. Won't y'all say amen? I'm, let's, let's give God a hand clap of praise for all the children and all the babies that's in the house today. You got babies? Now, I'm, I'm for protests, I'm, you know, when it's done decently and in order, Martin Luther King uh, believed in a peaceful way of marching to make a statement. We have freedom of speech, but we must avoid extremism. We must use wisdom and grace in what we do to the glory of God. If you can bring your child to a protest, you ought to be able to bring them to the Lord's house and bring them to a Sunday school class and put them on the stage and let them say a resurrection speech. Why don't you say amen? There's a way that seems right to a man, but it's in is the way of death. Number three, we must not allow our faith to take a back seat to our politics. We must not allow our faith to take a back seat to our politics. Some of you have allowed your politics to run ahead of what you believe about Christ. Some of you are more comfortable talking about politics than you do Christ. The world would not be changed through politics. The White House, Congress, Senate, the Senate, Supreme Court, governors, uh, mayors, and so forth. Don't get so political minded that your politics go ahead of your faith until you look more political than you do a Christian. Oh, look how quiet it got there. If, if I'm telling the truth, won't you say the biggest amen out there? I'm going to say it again until you get it because the media has messed some of y'all up. That's your problem. You're in the media too much. Get out. You're immersed in the media. We must not allow our faith to take a back seat to our politics. When you do, you're focusing on something that's temporal and passing away. No politics in heaven. When you stand before God, he's not going to ask you, were you a Democrat or a Republican? Come on. 
We must refuse to live by what the media is saying, what the politicians are saying, what the polls and the pundits are saying. We must keep our eyes fixed on Jesus and not on the things of this world that are temporal and passing away. And you know why some of you get so quiet now? It's because you got so much of this stuff in you until you need some spiritual castor oil to be flushed out so you can even hear. You can't even say amen when you hear the truth because you love that stuff because that's all you talk about. And somebody tell you, talk about John 1, 1, and your mouth is closed. Can't even elaborate on John 3, 16. But oh, when politics come, oh, you just run off at the mouth. You're a professional at that. Oh, God, help me to preach this message. Number four, what does God require of us? It is okay to be angry, but our anger must not lead us to sin, destruction of property, destruction of lives, and a disrespect for authority. Did you get that? Okay. It is okay to be angry. We ought to have a righteous indignation. There are some things, ought to, when I saw that man's knee, that police knee on that man's neck, and he said, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, and, and saw that man's life just, just leave him like that, 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 that ought to make all of us have a righteous indignation. I, I don't condone that. That is evil, and we need to call it for what it is. It is, it is okay to be angry, but our anger must not lead us to sin, destruction of property, to make a point, destruction of lives, uh, and torching cars and all this, and a disrespect for authority. You got to be patient. You got to give God room to work. God is on the throne, and just don't move with the masses. You move with Jesus. Even Jesus had a righteous indignation. Ephesians 4.26a says, be angry and do not sin. That's what's happening all around us. In all these cities, all over the nation, their anger is moving them to sin. They're defacing stuff, marking up stuff, cussing out folk, hitting folk, slapping, throwing rocks and injuring police and all of this uh, to make things right. Let me tell you something. In the end, all that makes is more pain and more suffering. Ephesians 4.26a says, be angry and do not sin. Christians must not be like the world and be led by your emotions. Your emotions will get you in trouble. You better be led by the Holy Spirit. Because if you are led by your emotions, you will lose your kingdom purpose and you will lose your spiritual perspective. When you're led by your emotions... You will lose your kingdom purpose and you'll lose your kingdom spiritual perspective. Number five, Christians must be courageous. Christians must be courageous. This is no time for wimpy Christians. Did you hear what I said? This is no time for wimpy Christians. First Corinthians 16, 13 says, be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith in what you believe about Jesus. Be courageous. Stand up. Don't be ashamed. Don't be scared to come to church because of the virus. Don't be afraid to come to church because of what's going on in society. Don't be a chicken. Stand up. Don't be a turkey. <laughs> Stand up and be courageous. The scripture says, be strong. Be strong. Let's say it together. Be strong. Be strong. Oh, yeah. some of y'all weak. You can't even say it. Be strong. Be strong. Oh, that's still kind of, that's still kind of weak. Be strong. Come on. Be strong. Yeah, you got, we have those masks on. It's muffling everything up. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, my be strong. Weak folk get very little done. Number six, we are witnessing, we are witnessing the devastating consequences of racial prejudice. And this is why God speaks so strongly against hate. We are witnessing, do you hear what I just said? We are witnessing the devastating consequences of racial prejudice. And this is why God speaks so strongly against hate. First John chapter three, verse 16 says, first John three sixteen says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. My friends, hate is a terrible thing. And God likens hate to murder, to murder. We are all made in the image of God, whether we are black, white, Hispanic, whatever we are, whatever country we are, whatever language you speak. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. We all descended from Adam and Eve. We all have this. We all came from the same blood. Adam and Eve, we inherited the sin nature of our first parents who fell into sin and we inherited that sin nature. Hate is a horrible thing. Hey, you can't get to heaven hating. You're to love folk. And when you, you get to the point of hate, hate is always of the devil. And you find yourself acting out of character. You lose your reputation. You lose your integrity. You end up locked behind bars because of hate. Hate will destroy you. It will make you sick. It'll give you migraines. It'll take your sleep away. It'll make you hurt people. It'll make you get even. There is absolutely nothing to gain from a spirit of hate. It has no place in the church. So if the, if the church is racist, then what hope has the world? They need to take note of love by seeing love in action with the racist working together in the unity of the spirit in the house of God to the glory of God. You ought to get a glimpse of heaven from looking at how we interact and love each other in the unity of the spirit. Yes, that black man, his life, brother George, his life uh, ebbed away. But if the script was flipped, it would be the same way if, if that was a white man down there and the black man was on his neck. That would have been just as evil, just as heinous, and we should be just as upset. Regardless who is down there, wrong is just wrong. Sin is just sin. Hate is just hate, regardless of who it is. We all have dignity. We all have worth to the glory of God. We all have value. And we need to treat each other that way to the glory of God. And it needs to be taught in the house of God. It's too little of this taught in the house of God. Number seven, we must not be afraid to speak truth to those who are in power and authority. If the president is wrong, we we ought to say it like it is. The senator, the Congress, uh, Supreme Court, whomever, uh, the mayor, uh, the, the county commissioner, whoever's wrong, we ought to call it out. If it's sinful, it's evil, we ought to call it for what it is. That's what Jesus did. We must not be afraid to speak truth to those who are in power and authority. Luke chapter 3 verse 19 says, But when John rebuked Herod the Tetrarch because of Herodias, his brother's wife, 
and all the evil things he had done. John rebuked Herod, who was a powerful man. And John put his life on the line to call Herod, call out Herod for his heinous sin. And because of that, uh, John the Baptist was beheaded for speaking truth to power. I said, when you tell the truth, it may cost you your life. You tell the truth, it may cost you your job. You tell the truth, things may not go well. But God says, if I'm for you, I'm more than the whole world against you. Christians must spend more time instead of downrating and talking about leaders of our nation. Christians must spend more time praying for those in authority than speaking negatively against them. I'm going to tell you something. You're going to get choked now. If you spend as much time praying for your leaders than speaking negatively against them, listen, the country would be a better country. You know why our leadership and our nation can't get any better? Because we talk as bad about the leaders of our country as unsaved folk do. That's right. If somebody in office from the president on down you don't like, it's best you pray for them. And and, and that's right. You be better praying them out. Now, if you can't pray for them, God will give you four more years to pray for them. <laughs> Some of y'all finna start praying real fast. <laughs> okay, don't pray. God says, all right, you don't know how to pray for the man. I'm going to give you four more years to pray. You didn't, learn, you didn't learn to pray. You didn't learn. You didn't learn. You didn't learn. You didn't learn. Whatever you want to affect change in society, pray for them. Pray folk in. You pray for them out. There's power in prayer. You pray for no. Listen, prayer, prayer will shape up anybody. Prayer, prayer, prayer will, listen, nobody's beyond saving. When is the last time you said pray for that? Uh, say, Lord, save that sinner. Save the president. Save the vice president. If they're not already saved, save this person. Save that person. Save save them all. Save them, Lord. Deal with them, Lord. Don't let them do what they want to do. Fix it, Lord. Hold their hands back. Spank them, Lord. Do whatever. Save our country, Lord, by not letting them have their way. Oh, that no good rascal look there. He go again, putting his foot in his mouth. Yab, yab, yab. Yabba, yabba, yabba. Yabba, 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 dabba, do. You know, you need to pray for those in authority. First Timothy chapter two, verses one through two says, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peacefully and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. He says, I urge you, first of all, to petition Prayers of intercession, interceding for the president, interceding for the Congress, interceding for the House, interceding for the Senate, interceding for all those in authority to the glory of God. Some of you got dust on your prayers in that area. (laughs) Finally, but not the least, it is crucial that we tell people to repent and come to Christ. That's what God requires of us now. It is crucial that we tell people to repent and come to Christ. Acts chapter 2 verse 38 says, Then people said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. When is the last time you told somebody to repent? John the Baptist, he came preaching a message of repentance. 
When you tell your children doing wrong, you tell them to repent. They say, what is that? Begin to explain it. Explain it to them. You repent. You need to change your heart, change your mind. Turn around from doing that. Change your evil ways and plead the blood of Jesus over those sins. This is high time for, for, for us to reacquaint ourselves with the word repentance. Repentance. God is waiting on his people to pray. He's waiting on his people to turn from their wicked ways and seek the face of God. Then he will heal the land. God is not waiting on a protest. God is not waiting on somebody to burn another police vehicle. God is not waiting on somebody to turn over another statue. God is waiting on his people to call out to God, to cry out to God, to look to God. To worship God, to depend on God, to lean on God and watch God work like only he he can do as we trust him to see us through these turbulent times. And all God's children said, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this message. Thank you for giving me this message between late last night and early morning and to be able to assimilate it. And to write it and to put it together so that your people at least will not be confused, misled, or doing a good thing the wrong way with the best of intentions. Help us not to be ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believes. Help us to take a stand. Father, help us not to be wimpy. Help us to stand. And call folk to repentance, lest they die in their sins. In Jesus' name, and all God's children say it, amen. As committed children of the only true and living God, we walk by faith and not by sight. Life on earth is not easy. Yet, even in the midst of trials and tribulations, we have joy, hope, peace, strength, and God's blessed assurance as we face trials. Best yet, we look forward to hearing our Savior say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, and eternal life with our Lord and Savior. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683.